You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now. So get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lord. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Wars. This is episode number 51, Into the Dalek Story Review. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my podcasting companion through time and space, we have Paul Gann. Am I a good man? I don't know. What good are you? And I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) What? (laughs) What good are you? (laughs) You don't pay me enough. I don't pay you at all. You couldn't afford me. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, Paul? this episode, this oh, this episode was. It, it wasn't what I remembered it being. Let me put it that way. Um, I remembered it being um, a little bit more complicated storyline than what it actually ended up being, and. Mm-hmm. I remembered it being a little bit not so dark, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, but my memory was very deceptive. <laughs> so My memory was a little <laughs> deceptive with me on this one, too, but we'll get into that momentarily. Um, <laughs> we have a little bit of a, well, old news story that we want to bring to your guys' attention in case you missed it like we did. Because, you know, we were so busy uh, kind of worrying about our own business that we didn't realize that something awesome was happening. Right. Well, and, you know, there's also the fact that Power of the Daleks is coming out, you know, being broadcast <laughs> and coming out on DVD and kind of everything else got blocked out of that. Uh, um, but but, but what's, what's going on, Paul? 
Because this this is something big for well, you. Well, uh, it turns out that on September 19th, the Doctor Who movie was released on Blu-ray. Yes. Yes. The one from 96, the one with the 8th Doctor, uh, the great... One hit wonder on TV of Paul McGann. Yes. Well, he was one hit wonder until Night of the Doctor. Well, yes. So. And then he became, <laughs> everyone went, oh, who is this guy? Yeah. And um... and everybody <laughs> fell in love with him and everybody was clamoring to find his one movie that he was in, uh, which was extremely difficult to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's out on Blu-ray. It comes in a two disc set. Mm-hmm. So it has... It has the actual film that we reviewed. Uh, well, actually, we didn't review it. We did the commentary. Mm-hmm. Back in May yeah, for its 20th May anniversary. For the actual anniversary of the movie. Yes. Uh, it's It's got a couple of commentaries on that. One with Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy. Yes. And uh, then one with the director and gives you a little bit of behind the scenes information on that. The second disc actually has... A couple of things on it that some people might be interested in. It's got some behind-the-scenes featurettes and stuff. It's got a couple of documentaries, but it's also got Paul McGann's actual audition video. Oh, nice! Uh, where you get to see him, you know, trying out for the part. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got a couple of nice little things in uh, in there. Um, and it actually has some some things uh, in it talking about the special effects and stuff on the second disc. One of which is. Uh, it actually talks about their concept of uh, creating the spider Dalek, which I've... Spider Dalek? Yeah, I kind of find that a little intriguing. Uh, that would be something that I would like to see uh, maybe explored in the new series. Well, it might have actually <laughs> been... Or something similar to that might have actually, uh, if I recall correctly, might be in the War Doctor novel, The Engines of War. Um, yeah, but I want to see it on screen. <laughs> right, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it looks like it'd be really nice. It's 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 uh, it comes in an, in a nice uh, Blu-ray case with all new artwork and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it. I think it's I think it's going to be really good. You know, now I don't yeah. see anything about aspect ratio. I don't know if it's going to be in sixteen-nine uh, or four-three ratio. I don't see anything about that, but I know the original uh, release uh, on at least live TV was in 4-3 ratio, and I know the uh, original DVD was in 4-3 ratio, so I don't really know uh, what the Blu-ray is going to be in, whether it's going to be in 4-3 or if it's going to be in widescreen. So Now, is this just a UK release, or is it a universal release? Well, the, the image that it shows here, uh, the image that it shows here looks like a UK release, but I don't see anything that absolutely states one or the other. I'll have to look it up and find out. I just know I want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So whenever you buy it, folks, go ahead, watch the movie, listen to the two commentary tracks that they have on it, and then pop in our episode where we do a commentary on it, and you can watch it all over again. Yeah, that sounds like fun. (laughs) Makes me want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, I think we should uh, jump into our episode here. 
if we must. Uh, well, <laughs> it's what we're here for. <laughs> Spoilers. Of course, this is going to be uh episode entitled Into the Dalek uh, from Series 8 of Doctor Who. It was written by Phil Ford and Stephen Moffat, directed by Ben Wheatley, and was originally broadcast on August 30th, 2014. Of course, we haven't really had a chance to talk about him in our Dalek episode reviews, but we talked a lot about Peter Capaldi last season as we reviewed each episode as they came out. So I don't know if we really need to talk about what our thoughts on Peter Capaldi are since we've already done that quite a bit before. So I think we can just uh, <laughs> jump into this episode. What do you say, Paul? <laughs> Works for me. All right. <laughs> so we are jumped right into the action. Off the bat. Uh, oh, yeah. And when it's I say like, action, I mean... It's, it's like so instantaneous. It, you literally feel like that you're going to get hit by the ship <laughs> right before right. it turns away from the camera. <laughs> yeah. So they've got this little ship piloted by a woman named Journey Blue, who is being pursued rather uh, vigorously by a Dalek cruiser through an asteroid belt. Uh She's calling, you know, in a mayday, trying to get, you know, a response from her command ship, the Aristotle, when all of a sudden it appears that she is at the end of her rope. Her brother is there in the cockpit and is either unconscious or dead, not entirely certain. But then the ship takes a massive hit and appears to explode. But she wakes up and everything's changed. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting how they did that. It really felt uh, almost seamless, but at the same time, it was very dynamic. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, she is inside the TARDIS now, and the Doctor is standing there with a couple of coffees in his hand. <laughs> uh, more on that later. <laughs> uh, she demands to know where she's at. He says, you know, I saved your life. I materialized the... He doesn't say TARDIS. He says the time capsule around you. Yeah. Saving your life. You're welcome. And she goes, where's my brother? My brother's dead. And he goes, you know, well, I saved his sister. You can thank me later. You know, <laughs> she's still not pleased with him. Yeah. And then she starts demanding at gunpoint that the doctor take her back to her command ship. And he just looks at her and he says, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets... Puzzled look on her face. She begins to reiterate. <laughs> I order you to take me back to my... No, 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 no. Not like that. Try it again. <laughs> Will you take me back to my command ship, please? <laughs> and he sort of just nods and yeah. activates the TARDIS. <laughs> uh, this, was, this was when people were still trying to figure out just who Peter Capaldi's doctor really was. You know, right? And, and this wasn't helping. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is his second episode ever. Uh, we should have probably said that from the outset, but most of you probably already know. Uh, his second episode ever. Uh, he takes her back to the Aristotle, and uh, you know, which is a, a base for the combined galactic resistance for the galaxy's united front against the Daleks. Um, is this part of the Time War, or is this 
See, that's what I wondered, but it never actually specified. This looked like it should have been part of the time war, though. But right. wasn't the time war supposed to be time locked? You you think, but then again, there's Dalek Khan. Um, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Until further notice, this is after the time war, after the Daleks have come back and all that fun shenanigans. Because, well, you know, they like, always come back. You know, like I said before, I would like to see a chart that kind of tells you when certain <laughs> things are supposed to happen. Because, you know, there's a there's so many things that are left open to interpretation. Um, and, you know, right. this could have happened at this point and this could have happened at that point. But you never really know because it's one of those scenarios where it's like the doctor would be like, I'll explain later, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he never Which does. means you're never going to get an answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, but uh, just the visual storytelling in this, the first thing that popped into my head was this has to be part of the time war, you know, or at least leading yeah. into the time war. But they don't they don't specify when this is at all. No. I do have to say, this episode, before I rewatched it uh, to talk about it here, was not one of my favorites as far as Daleks are concerned. It was one that I was just like, meh. And if I recall correctly, I wasn't overly impressed with it uh, when I watched it for the first time either. See, I felt differently about it. But coming back and watching it again, my opinion, as you will find throughout this episode, has changed dramatically. I really like this episode now. <laughs> um, and we'll get more into the details on that as we go. It wouldn't have um, anything to do with the fact that you've seen two entire seasons of Peter Capaldi now, would it? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Because I, I think I've only watched this episode before before we watching it, right before this podcast. I actually watched it today uh, mm -hmm. before we started recording. I think I'd only seen it twice. Uh, once when it originally aired and then last year before uh, Series 9 began when I did my watch through of everything. Um, so you're so saying I I your seen second this... time through, you barely paid attention to it. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I would rather fold laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that while watching things sometimes. Um, but that being said, I have a much more positive outlook on this episode after watching it today. It's funny that you say that considering this is not the most positive of episodes. <laughs> True. The, uh, the doctor is thanked for rescuing Journey Blue but is about to be executed because of the secret nature of the Aristotle's mission and how no one can know where they are. Because they're basically hiding in the Dalek's backyard. Doesn't that seem like the scenario he always ends up in? Yes. Okay, it's time to kill him. Right. You know? <laughs> and he stands there like, again? You know? <laughs> again, right. <laughs> right. Uh, Journey Blue, however, is able to say, no, wait. He's a doctor, and we have a patient. Yeah. The doctor goes, what? This is when they take him to a malfunctioning Dalek that's supposed to be yeah. his patient. Did this remind you at all of Christopher Eccleston's first Dalek episode? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But it was one of those things where, you know, the doctor, he, he comes in and he's like, oh, you can't be serious. You don't, <laughs> you don't mean for me to take care of this, right? Yeah. You know, he's just like, really? This... 
He's tired of this. You get the idea that he's just completely tired. He's done with this whole for, idea. For me, it was like I could see it behind his eyes. He looks at the thing, and he, you could almost see it behind his eyes. He's thinking, not again, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, again, really? You guys want me to do something with a Dalek again? Well, you humans never learn. <laughs> and then it talks. And the Dalek says something very bizarre. All Daleks must be destroyed. Yeah. And the doctor goes, that's right. All Daleks must... Wait, what? <laughs> what? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the, do- the doctor's interest is piqued. Yeah. But he has to go get somebody. Clara is settling in for like her first week of school at Cole Hill School. And I found this interesting that they told this part of the story kind of out of order. Well, it's it's what's happening simultaneously. You can't show the two things happening simultaneously on the screen. It just gets confusing. Um, <laughs> but Clara's getting settled in at Cole Hill School. She meets the new maths teacher, Danny Pink, who uh, was doing the Cole Hill <laughs> Cadet Squad uh, yeah. stuff in the courtyard. Uh, which is a little, you know, sort of like I guess uh, you know ROTC or something like that uh, would be here in the states. The interesting thing is Danny has been asked a very probing question by his kids, which has him in sort of a foul mood when he meets uh, Clara. If you've ever killed someone, since he's a soldier, former soldier, and then well, did you kill anyone who wasn't a soldier? And Danny just sort of re- repeats the homework assignment in a very detached sort of way. Yeah, and. Um, he he's in that frame of mind when he's introduced to Clara, and you know she's she makes some you know remark about seeing him doing the soldiering thing in the the schoolyard and teaching them to to shoot people or whatever. And uh, he goes, "Well, I like to think that you know being a soldier is a lot more you know, with uh, morality and all that stuff." And she goes, "Oh, so you shoot people and then cry about it later." Which is Clara being funny. Yeah. But, but that kind of goes right back to the topic that set him off to begin with, you know? Right, right. And he feels like <clears throat> now everything is, you know, out and all the kids are talking about it on the schoolyard and everyone knows about it now. And he doesn't like that at all. No. So they have a very awkward goodbye because they both realize they've stepped on each other's toes about this and they're just like, let's not continue this conversation. Right. It's when uh, Clara invites him to go to an event for one of the other teachers that night. And he goes, oh, no, no, I I need to do some reading. (laughs) And then they have this fun little back and forth where his response to what he has said (laughs) is happening intercut with the actual event. And he's yeah. just this reminded me so him. much of Rory Williams, man. <laughs> and he's talking to himself about what an idiot he was for saying no and turning idiot. her down and what idiot. he should have said. And then he just starts, you know, sitting at his desk, you know, banging his head against the table. He looks up and, and she's standing at the door. <laughs> he goes, how long have you been there? Longer than you would have liked? <laughs> so she heard the whole thing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, that would be such my luck. <laughs> right. Oh. Right. Uh, she then invites him to take her out for a drink, which he accepts. And so Clara is very pleased with herself for mending that fence and returns to her office to find the TARDIS in her office and the doctor standing there holding the coffee that she sent him to get three weeks ago. 
in Glasgow. <laughs> which is where we left them at the end of the first episode. Right? <laughs> mm. And so she makes a big deal out of it. That was three weeks ago. In Glasgow. There's nothing in Glasgow. That's that's straight up Sarah Jane right there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he couldn't even drop me off at home. <laughs> right? Well, didn't I get you there? No. Well, where'd you end up? Aberdeen. Oh. Well, that's close-ish, right? <laughs> anyway. And uh, it was 40 years in the future. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, man. close-ish. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... The doctor then gets her to come onto the TARDIS because he needs her urgently. And before they take off, he asks her a very serious question. And he needs her to be honest. Am I a good man? And she just sort of looks at him and says, I don't know. He gets up and says, I don't know either. That's the problem. So they head back to the Aristotle. And the doctor has explained the situation with the Dalek to Clara. They arrive and head straight to the operating room, basically, with the doctor introducing Clara as his carer. She cares, so I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and they are going to be going uh, with a group of soldiers, including Journey and two other people, Ross and Gretchen. They're shrunk down and put into, what is it called? I forget what the thing was called that they were shrunk down in. But it was something that was from uh, a fourth Doctor episode, actually. So it's not the first time the doctor's been shrunk down and put inside a bloodstream. <laughs> did, did you catch the reference to inner space? He, he, doesn't he say something about the effect, you know, he's makes like a, a fantastic idea a for a movie. Bad idea for a proctologist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, they are shrunk down and inserted into the Dalek through its eye stalk. Yeah, that kind of uh, seems strange to me, you know? And then we had this weird, trippy 70s thing happening as they passed through the, the membrane or whatever it is at the front of the Dalek's eye stalk. I think that was uh, an homage to the third Doctor. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's a lot of that sort of stuff that happens with the third Doctor. Weird, trippy <laughs> color distortion and all that fun stuff. Yeah, definitely reminiscent of some of the third Doctor things. <laughs> uh, they start going through the Dalek and uh, they pass through, uh, which of course the Doctor is uh, nicknamed Rusty, of course because, why, why not, not? <laughs> and uh, it's about as the good as handles, right? <laughs> right, you know, Rusty handles you know <laughs> might as well Sand Shoes, Granddad <laughs> right, you know Ginny <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're going through its uh, <laughs> cortex here. <laughs> and uh, the doctor's pointing out all of its memory banks, saying that, you know, when it's operating correctly, the Dalek suppresses some of these things in order to reinforce the evil and hate uh, in the Dalek. And that's something they've not really addressed that much before, is the fact that it has a robotic brain linked to its biological brain. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not something that they've really uh, delved into uh, before this episode. You know, they talked right. about the Daleks being programmed by Davros, but they never really explained what that meant. Right. 
Right. It's it's one of those things where since they are, you know, they're almost a hybrid. <laughs> almost. To bring that back around. <laughs> you know, they, they kind of are a hybrid in a sense. You know, it's the fusion of organic well, and they're robotic. C- they're cyborgs. Yeah. Almost like Cybermen. Right. <laughs> their, their organic brain is reinforced and expanded with the mechanical aspects of the brain, which, you know, allows it to look up stuff in its data banks, you know, because we've seen Daleks talk about looking up, you know, stuff in their, their data banks and right. accessing files on whatever. Uh, see, in my brain, whenever they were talking about that, I could see the little gl- glob inside the tank using its tentacles to press little buttons and stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> kind of like Krang from the Ninja Turtles cartoon back in the 90s, you know. Mm. Uh, that was kind of what I had in my head. I wasn't thinking of it actually being all linked together and everything, you know, through tubes and wires. and Right. Yeah. <laughs> I. As they are making their way through the infrastructure there inside the Dalek, the Doctor asks Rusty what made it turn on its own kind? What made it, you know, in a sense, good? Uh, The Dalek had been damaged severely and had seen the destruction the Daleks caused and then saw a star being born and realized the futility of the Daleks against the rebirth of life. Yeah. You know, this sort of touches on what I was talking about before when when we were talking about the impossible girl being a Dalek mm-hmm. when Oswin was discovered to be a Dalek you know and I said what could happen in a scenario where there happened to be a Dalek that ended up being sort of a almost untrustworthy companion to the doctor right where you didn't know if he might ever turn on you or not and there's always that you know chance that that could happen this kind of touches on that idea you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's kind of interesting how that, you know, I just wasn't even thinking about this episode and, and brought that up. And then we, you know, two episodes later, here we are talking about it, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, that whole idea of the Dalek realizing that gives the doctor pause that they have to go down to get to where they need to go to help fix whatever's wrong with the Dalek, because it's dying. Ross sets up a zip line, which damages the inside of the, the Dalek there. And of course, you know, they're inside a, an organism, a living organism, so to speak, uh, and inside the body. Uh-huh. What happens? Well, antibodies happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the antibodies lock onto Ross and get ready to, um, well do what antibodies do, and that's destroy the offending organism. These things were rather creepy. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just one of those things you don't really want to have to run across. <laughs> the doctor tosses Ross a pill, has him swallow it, and then the antibodies, you know, vaporize him. Yeah, it's like he just totally disintegrated right there on the spot. Right. <laughs> Um, and he screams, <laughs> he screams and everybody freaks out, you know, <laughs> what did you do? What did you do to him? Journey was like, I thought you were saving him. No, I'm saving us. I can track where they deposit his remains. That'll lead us to a safe place. And he uses his sonic screwdriver to take them to basically the waste disposal area in the, the Dalek. And they dive down this hole. Because that way, logically, the antibodies think, okay, it's been disposed of, and they will stop pursuing 
the secondary infection, as the doctor calls them. Have you picked up on one of the major differences so far between uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor at this point and the two previous incarnations? What are you thinking, particularly? Okay. The two previous incarnations would have not just stood by and watched this guy die. They would have mm -hmm. said, there's something we can do. We have to stop this. And even if it didn't work, they would have at least put forth the effort to say, we have to try to stop him from getting killed or whatever. Right? Right. Capaldi's doctor just stood there and watched it happen. Because like, he was already dead. I couldn't yeah, do anything. He just realized immediately that it was going to happen regardless of what he did. So he just didn't bother to put forth the effort for, of not being able to do anything anyway. Right. That's very matter of fact about the situation. <laughs> He's extremely matter of fact. Yeah. Um, almost to a fault. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, they land in this puddle of goop that's the, the protein that helps keep the uh, organic part of the Dalek alive. And they're asking, is Ross down here? Yes, he's the top layer. If you want to say a few words. <laughs> that was so messed up. <laughs> Which, you know, Journey Blue reacts about as normally as anybody else would and threatens to just, you know, rearrange his face if he didn't straighten up and treat him like a human being. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Did that comment remind you of any of the other doctors? <laughs> well, maybe the sixth doctor. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> the sixth doctor would have said something like that. Um, Just for the yeah, sake of being funny, he would have said that, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, it's... And it would not have come off as funny. <laughs> no. No. They continue on towards an area that appears to be leaking radiation to see if that's what's causing the problems here within Rusty. Uh, turns out one of the... Uh, batteries inside Rusty has cracked and is leaking radiation that's killing Rusty and so the doctor seals it off with his sonic screwdriver it's kind of interesting considering that they started out relying on radiation to survive right I know <laughs> and in a sense they still are but when it's yeah. you know channeled incorrectly I suppose it, you know enough radiation will kill anything including the Daleks um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, the, the fact that they have radiation in their suits at all says something. Right. And now that Rusty is fixed, things start sort of rebooting and repowering on. And unfortunately, Rusty reverts back to original programming and turns back into a normal Dalek and begins the slaughter of the forces there on the Aristotle. He also contacts the Dalek ship and tells them exactly where to find him. Right. Yeah. Clara is pissed at the Doctor because he sort of kind of just gives up and is kind of, in a weird way, a little bit pleased because, ha, I told you there's no such thing as a good Dalek. He, he looks at her. He says, what's that face for? <laughs> she smacks the crap out of him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the, face, that's the face you get right before I slap you. <laughs> she almost and smacked she, the hair off his head. <laughs> oh, I know. She almost smacked off his angry eyebrows. That's what uh, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, but she's like, what did we learn, oh. you know, here? And he make, she makes the doctor rethink that what they learned was not that it's not possible for there to be a good Dalek, but that it is possible that there could be a good Dalek. 
And so this is where the Doctor starts having a, another plan. Uh, Gretchen, uh, Journey, and Clara need to go back up to the memory cortex and reactivate the memories that are now suppressed. Because when the Dalek rebooted, its programming rebooted, rebooted and the it suppressed the memories of, you know, seeing the star, seeing the uh, star reborn, seeing the destruction that the Daleks have caused, and all of that. The memories are still there. They just have to reactivate them. While he's going to go have a conversation uh, eyeball to face with Rusty. The problem <laughs> is, in order to do this in time to save any of the crew on the Aristotle, they got to get way up top fast. Right. And the only way they can do that is using a zip line. Of course, yep. Gretchen's got the only zip line left. This was messed up. Yeah. This was really messed up. Because like I said before, if this was uh, Matt Smith or David Tennant's doctors, they would have said, no, we're going to find another one. Right. But, but Capaldi didn't do that. Capaldi was like, I'm going to let her make her own choice and I'm not going to interfere. And I'm just going to stand by and watch it happen. Right. Because Gretchen gets ready yeah. to sacrifice herself. And as she's doing this, she asks the doctor, is this worth it? And the doctor says, if I can turn one Dalek, I can turn them all. And you wonder how much of that the doctor actually believes. Yeah. Gretchen then turns to Clara and says, is he mad or is he right? Clara doesn't answer at first. <laughs> Gretchen repeats the question and Clara puts her hand on her heart and says, honestly, most days he's both. <laughs> Which is yes. Gretchen then makes the doctor promise to do something good and name it after her, and then shoots off the zip line for Journey Blue and Clara to use. She then holds off the antibodies as long as she can, while the doctor heads off down to go talk to Rusty, and then she is finally vaporized. That was so messed up, though. It was a uh, really was. really intense. But you know, as she's screaming. That was one of the darker moments in the episode. It's one of the darker moments you know. in Doctor Who, period. <laughs> and when, you know, as the, the camera fades to white as she's screaming and she's being vaporized. Disintegrated. Disintegrated. That's our, <laughs> our Star Wars reference. Um, it immediately fades back into picture <laughs> and she's still screaming, but everything <clears throat> has changed around her. Yeah, it's nice and sunny. And... She's sitting at a table where there's all this food. Yeah. And there's this nice lady sitting across from her offering her tea and saying, welcome to heaven. I'm Missy. Hi, I'm Missy. <laughs> welcome to heaven. Would you like some tea? <laughs> what you like some tea? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I had to. Uh, <laughs> Clara is able to figure out how... Uh, the Rusty's memory core works and crawls inside basically the, the inner workings to start reactivating some of the memories, which are, you know, highlighted by the lights being out. These are the suppressed memories. She just has to go hit a button and they reactivate. The doctor has made his way down to Rusty himself, uh, where Rusty's eye can see him and starts to you know, try and talk Rusty into remembering all these things, and as he's doing that, is digging into Rusty's works that are right there. So when Clara hits that last memory, he's got some of the organic components linked to Rusty's brain, 
and he yeah. touches them together. And since he's holding these components, he and Rusty's minds connect. Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> and Rusty can see into the Doctor's mind and can see the universe the way the Doctor sees it. While Rusty's having this sort of crisis of conscience, uh, the other Daleks have landed yep. and are making their way through the Aristotle. And, oh, dude, this is the way that Dalek battles should be portrayed on screen. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. It was uh, it's, so it's, phenomenal, man. It was really <laughs> epic looking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't say much more than they that. They need to go back and insert footage like this into the classic series. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Don't you know that would be some amazing stuff to see? <laughs> it would, but then the rest of the episode would look really pathetic by comparison. You think so? Well, considering that when they bump into a wall on set, it shakes. Yes. Um, they can fix that. <laughs> I'd rather just leave it and have it be as corny and hokey and classic as ever. We can fix um, that in post. Take a lot to fix some of those episodes, let me tell you. Um <laughs> I love those episodes. Don't make it, fun of those episodes. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not. But it would take a lot to fix some of them. Uh, and I'd rather just have them be as imperfect as they they're are. They're charming. Uh, mistakes and all. <laughs> yes, they're, they're, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I still think it would look um, cool. <laughs> anyway, as the doctor is still delving into, you know, what, what he says, you know, giving Rusty a soul. Rusty sees the beauty, the wonder, and the hatred Yeah, in the Doctor. That's when it seemed like that it, it, everything seems like it's going to work out great. And then all of a sudden, it was like you could hear the record scratch whenever he says, And I see your hatred. And it was like... Right. <laughs> and, of course, this is hatred for the Daleks that right. the Doctor has. And as the, the Doctor is trying to talk Rusty away from that part of him, Rusty keeps diving further and further into that as sort of his mission, yeah. his reason to destroy he the Daleks. He becomes uber-focused on that hatred of the Daleks. Right. And that, that is, more than anything, is what gets seared into Rusty's brain. Rusty basically charges pell-mell down the hallway and destroys all of the Daleks on the Aristotle. Yeah, anything with an ice dog. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> After the dust settles, so to speak, the Doctor, Clara, and Journey are returned to their proper size. Rusty has broadcast a retreat signal to the rest of the Daleks, indicating that humans have actually initiated the Aristotle self-destruct, which means that Rusty has to rejoin the Daleks in order to continue his mission from the inside to destroy all the Daleks. And the Doctor says, I guess, after all, I was right. You know, you're not a good Dalek. And Rusty says, no, I am not a good Dalek. You are a good Dalek. Yeah. Which is not the first time the Doctor no. has been told that. No. <laughs> I don't even know if it's the second time. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I'd have to go back and remember. You know, it's, it's happened at least twice in the last several years. And Rusty says that, you know, this is a, this is a victory because they've destroyed the Daleks. And the doctor says, no, because you looked into my soul and saw only hatred. And that's not a good thing. Rusty leaves, as the doctor does. They go their separate ways. Journey attempts to join the doctor and Clara on the TARDIS. 
but the doctor says no. He says, I'm sure you're a kind, good person. It's just too bad that you were a soldier. And then he turns and walks into the TARDIS, leaving her there, standing amidst the rubble on board the Aristotle. Why do you think that Capaldi's doctor has such an issue with soldiers? Oh, man. It's weird because one of his best friends is Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. Right. But that was before the Time War as well. Though. Right. That's true. And so I'm sure the Time War had something to do with it. But also in this instance, mm-hmm. since this is so close after his regeneration, running across the Daleks, who are essentially the perfect soldier, mm-hmm. probably made a big impression on his newly regenerated mind. This is this is my headcanon, how I explain mm-hmm. this. And so because he's got such an aversion to something like the Daleks, anything that sort of is related to them in any way, in the fact that, you know, it's just a soldier, something he doesn't want to be too close to, maybe because he doesn't want to go down that path again. See, in my head, I was associating it with the Doctor not wanting to remember what he used to be. Okay. Because at one point during the Time War, he was a soldier. Right. And so in, in my head, that was him trying to disconnect himself from that so that he wouldn't remember all of the things that he had done in the time war that he now feels like were atrocities. That's possible. I mean, I mean, it could be all of the things that we've said, right. or it could be none of the things, you know, but I think it's likely that, you know, some combination of what we've said is probably the reason, you know, maybe even all of it. It seems to me that that's the type of thing that Stephen Moffat especially likes to leave a little vague so you can kind mm-hmm. of fill it in with your own headcanon, you know, right. Your own imagination. I think that he feels like that what you can come up with in your own imagination can sometimes be better for you than what he would tell you on screen, you know? Right. Yeah. I I would say that's, that's a pretty good assessment there. Clara uh, is returned to Coal Hill school 30 seconds after the doctor had picked her up. Uh, As she leaves the TARDIS, she says, I don't know. I'm sorry. You asked if you were a good man. I don't know, but I think you try to be. And that's kind of the point. Right. And the doctor appreciates that um, as she leaves. She steps out of her office in her new outfit 30 seconds after she's left Danny Pink, and he notices (laughs) that she's changed. Did you change clothes? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, I did. Good on you for noticing. You passed the test. (laughs) So you sure you want to go out for a drink with me still? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good. Because I just thought you might have a rule against soldiers. Not me. <laughs> and you can tell I by don't. the look in her eyes that she's thinking of the doctor. Right. So, I don't yeah. have a rule. Somebody else does. I don't. <laughs> well, see, that, I think, and, and, of course, we can't go in-depth with it because we're not discussing the entire season. But I think, just mm-hmm. in a nutshell, that is sort of one of the disconnects that the doctor had with Danny in this series. Right. Uh, because... Of, the, of Danny's past as a soldier. He just couldn't let that go. And and that was the reason why he kept treating Danny as if he wasn't good enough to be with Clara. You know? Right. And then Clara says, well, he reminds me of you. And that doesn't help the situation. Right. So. <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but we don't need to get into the ins and outs of Clara and Danny's relationship, <laughs> um, which is 
you know, while it works more than it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's my least favorite part of series eight. Um, I will just say, <laughs> because it, I like Danny. I thought Danny was cool. I mean, I like the character, but it's the relationship drama that's happening the entire season. And it dominates so much of the episodes that I'm just like, <sighs> I, I always kept feeling like the doctor kept getting jealous, you know, which is not normal for the doctor to do. And I don't mean that in a romantic way. I mean that in a, you're not showing me enough attention. Right. Right. Yeah. Way, Your you attention know? is <laughs> your undivided attention is now divided. Um, and I don't like that. Yeah. And he, he didn't like that. It, no. it got to his his uh, ego. Oh, ego. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something we talked about on the last episode. Oh, yes. How, how the doctor has an ego. <laughs> All right. Oh, does he ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and do final thoughts and ratings on this episode. Uh, Paul. This was not one of my favorites, but I still really liked it. And it it wasn't because of a quality thing or anything like that. It was more, I think, because I see what Capaldi's doctor becomes. Mm -hmm. And I see that he's not there yet in this episode. You know, he's still maturing as as an incarnation. And so because of that, this isn't my favorite. Yeah, this is not my favorite aspect of his behavior uh, at this point. Because, you know, in this series especially... He almost feels a little bit like he's on a roller coaster mm-hmm. at times, or a yo, you know, like he's a little bit of a yo-yo. It's like in this episode he behaves this way, and in this episode he behaves this way, and some episodes he is so disconnected, so disconnected, yeah. and so you know critical, especially of Clara yeah. in certain episodes that I was sitting there sometimes and I was going. Sometimes he feels a little bit like a jerk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and that was something that I wasn't as comfortable with in an incarnation of the Doctor because my favorite incarnations were always Tom Baker and Patrick Troughton, mm-hmm. you know, th- those kinds of incarnations. And so those were the ones I associated with the most. And now, you know, obviously I'm in love with all the incarnations at this point because I've had the opportunity to connect with all of them. But this just seemed like the point in his uh, personality where he just seemed like he was the most stunted. Okay. And, and, and it was like he had almost lost all of his humanity in a couple of places in this series, you know. And, and he got it back by the end of the series, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it, it was like the journey to get there. It was like you never knew which version of the Doctor you were going to get in this right. episode, you know. And, and so this this was one of those instances where I was I was watching him. And, of course, I'd been used to watching Matt Smith and, and David Tennant for years at this point. And I was standing there and I was going, dude, you're really going to just stand there and watch her just let herself get right. killed? You know, <laughs> you're not even going to say anything. And the look on his face told you thousands and thousands of things about what was going on in his head. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he didn't do anything, he just stood there and watched, was something I did not expect to see, you know? Right. And so that disconnect for me didn't take me out of the episode, but it just really made me kind of be like, I don't know if I like this or not, you know? Right. Um, and I still, even though I really, really like this episode, as far as the story and everything else, that little, those little moments like that, where he just felt distant and and felt really 
kind of dark just kind of made me feel like, I don't know how I feel about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so because of that, and it had nothing to do with his performance. It had more to do with the way the incarnation was intended to be at this point, you know? Um, so for that reason, I think I'm going to go with maybe an eight. Okay. Because I, I really, really loved the way this was put together, but there was just those little aspects of it that just kind of didn't do it for me, you know? Right. Well, um, I think originally, uh, before watching it today, I would have probably given this episode, ooh, like a six and a half or a six. Um, because just mm-hmm. in my mind, it was not one of my favorites. And while it's still, uh, you know, probably lower on my list of uh, Capaldi episodes, rewatching it and seeing where he has grown from as a doctor, as a character, mm-hmm. and seeing that this is sort of like the base, like right. this is the lowest that the doctor was. Um, you know, this is the ground floor and that he's got to build up his character, right. you know, and really figure out, you know, is he that good man that he's trying to be and where we get him now, mm-hmm. seeing how that journey has actually progressed over his two seasons makes me appreciate and like this episode a lot more. And the, the nuances and the stuff with the Dalek I found was a lot more interesting this time around for me as well. And maybe that's just because we've been, you know, watching and talking about all the Dalek episodes too. So for that reason, I'm, I'm going to bump it up uh, to an eight as well. Um, I, I actually like this episode. Cause I think it's a really good episode. I really do. I wouldn't give it an eight if I didn't think it was a really good episode, but it wasn't because of those little bits and pieces I was talking about. I just couldn't give it a nine or right. a 10, you know? Right. So yeah, uh, you know, good solid eights for both of us. So that's pretty good. I did, I did notice this and I really, really, really thought this was nice to me personally. This was the best that one of the biological Daleks has looked in pretty much any episode that I can remember. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the realism of the eye and, and the skin and the whole thing, it just, to me, it just really looked good, you know? And I, I don't know if that had to do with the fact that they were doing it at such a close up, they had to make sure they really paid attention to detail or whatever. But I, to me, it just really, it really paid off. You know, it really, it looked great. I think, me, I think you when know? you don't have it sitting there with this little limbs wriggling, like, you know, a stunted puppet, um, I think that helps. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's they've been that way since the beginning, right. though. So you know, right? But I think I think that <laughs> helps a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, I think they, they did really good with the Dalek, the actual. Of course, your favorite Dalek sack, right? <laughs> you had to bring him up again. You had anyway. I'm glad we're done with these. Well, it is our last. I'm glad we're done with these. It, it is our last official serialized Dalek episode. Yeah. You know, um, I'm glad we're done with these, so you can stop bringing that not, up. Not that we won't cover any more, but they'll all be in the new series, right? Uh, right, up. and and so. so, folks, if you're just joining us in, um, or you've forgotten at all, we do want to let you know this is our last of the Dalek story episode reviews. Uh, I know we've still got the Magician's Apprentice and the Witch's Familiar, but we reviewed that when the episodes came out last year. Um, and so since we already have an episode about those, we're not going to record it again, at least 
uh, not this time around. You know, maybe we'll revisit those episodes sometime in the future if there's something significant that has well, to do with them. You know, they do have the master in them. So we, we might get to them <laughs> when we do our master episode reviews. And we'll get into that here just shortly. But if you do want to revisit um, us talking about uh, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar, uh, you can go back in our backlog on iTunes or our website uh, and download and listen to episode number 18, uh, which is all about those two episodes, uh, dealing with the Daleks and, of course, Missy. I didn't realize it was that far Yeah, back, yeah. Know? We... <laughs> I, I didn't either until I went back and looked. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's called uh, Talking Time yeah. Lords, Episode 18, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar. Yeah, because those were those were some of the titles that we couldn't really make a hybrid of. Well, we didn't come up with that idea until our next episode. Our next episode. This is the Well, I, I say that because, you know, the entire season oh, was about the hybrid. Go. And uh-huh. we basically hybridized every episode title for that season. It was after so. these... <laughs> it was after this one when I was like, wow, that's a really, really long, unwieldy title. Maybe we should just sort of like make up our own. Yeah. And we did for the rest of the season. So that would have been really hard to find one for anyway. We would have come up with something. No. All right. Um, now, before we, we start wrapping up some of this stuff, now that we've reached the end of our Dalek episode reviews, just overall thoughts on this journey that we've taken. You know, I, I just want to get your, you know. This is the end. Right. My only no, no, friend. No, 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 no. Come, come, <laughs> come back here. Come back. Come back. <laughs> or I will exterminate you. Um. <laughs> delete. Mm. Delete. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, just real quick. We, we've done this, this journey here through all of the Dalek storylines was there anything that surprised you you know what what are you what are you thinking here at the end of this well probably what surprised me the most is the fact that over 50 some odd years you had almost complete and total continuity through the entire dalek storylines mm-hmm. you know the fact that you almost never deviated in in the direction that this thing was going you know even to the point of uh, I think the, you know, the 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 new Who episodes almost felt like a, just a direct continuation of the classic episodes, right. you know, um, and so you know the only difference being the fact that there was a time war in between, which gave you a little bit of uh, flexibility to be able to to change a few things up without it really mattering, right? You know? um, but I really was impressed by the fact that <laughs> over that long of a period of time. You had virtually no, you know, continuity issues when it, when it came to those kinds of things. You know, the biggest one maybe being the uh, the transparent Dalek uh, casings. Yeah, from the know. the Sixth Doctor, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But that's of course when they were being a little bit more experimental and stuff with that. And kind it was of thing, it was still know? under construction. So, um, and and they of course they never actually addressed what it was made of in the actual episode. Everybody just kind of said, "Well, it's made out of plastic or it's made out of glass." You know, but they never actually stated in the episode what it was made out of. You know, it could have been transparent steel or something for yeah. all we know. Or, you know, dolichanium that you could see through, yeah. you know. And it was, it was like um, I said, it was still under construction, so it wasn't finished either. Uh, but that, that might have been the farthest out that they went with that kind of thing, you know, because everything else just kind of felt like it fit together like a puzzle, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, 
Now, one of the things one of the things that we talked about before, and this is not something that uh, we'll probably have an episode about. Of course, you know, if, if we decided to, we could, but it's not something we have to do. Um, I would like to uh, put together the timeline of these stories from the Daleks' point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now we see them from the doctor's point of view and we see how he interacts in his timeline, but we don't see the actual timeline of how the Daleks work their stuff out. So it would be kind of interesting, I think, if we took the list of how the Daleks timeline lays out. And, you know, I, I was thinking I might could take that list and post it online uh, to our Facebook page or to our website and that way people could go back and watch these in the chronological order of the Daleks if they wanted to. That could be interesting. Yeah. I think that could be fun. Yeah. You know. For me, um, I'm going to agree with you. The the level of continuity as far as the Daleks are concerned really surprised me uh, and impressed yeah. me. They, you know, they didn't, did they stay the same? No, but they, they evolved and improved and advanced in a very there was a purpose behind right, there was a purpose behind it. And, and it it was all in a very natural sort of way according to the mm-hmm. daleks and uh right and so just seeing how that whole progression is going and then of course getting to where we ultimately are now with uh davros and daleks you know sort of back you know reestablished as a society um mm-hmm. you know no matter how the you know the Dalek sludge is revolting from the the sewers, you know, <laughs> revolting in more ways than one. Because ew, um, but squishy, squishy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, getting to where we are there, you know, it's sort of just you're reestablished. Oh, I had a bad. Pun. Don't go there. <laughs> had a bad pun just pop into my head. Uh, let me finish my 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 point here, and maybe we'll have moved past it. Um, <laughs> But getting to where we are, I'm I'm not going (laughs) to listen to you. Uh, Getting to where we are now, uh, it's one of those things where they've reestablished themselves as sort of a society again. And so it's almost like another starting point for them, but at a much more advanced point than what they are when we first saw them. You know, so it... it, And the fact that Davros is still mm -hmm. there, you know, uh, that that changes the game too. Right. So it's one of those things where... It's it's really neat to see how that all lines up, and I'm thinking you'll probably find um, that the the Daleks timeline matches up in large part with the Doctor's timeline in these events. You know, maybe there's a couple of you know places that are switched back and forth because we know mm-hmm. the Daleks did time travel as well. Uh, but right, but just but we we also know that the events that that started. Um, with Davros happened before the events of the first doctor. Right. So there is that um, too, you know, so that, that is, that is a, uh, a little bit of a shuffling around right there. Right. But other than Um, something like that, I think for the most part, you're going to find just due to the way that the Daleks have evolved um, and advanced, uh it's going to be fairly straightforward. But yeah, that was one of the most, more interesting things about the whole situation. Uh, The book review of the War Doctor goes into these Dalek episode reviews as well. So you can put that in there uh, and listen to that too. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Just saying. We, we, we did do a, a book review of, of uh, 
Engines of War, which is the very first of the War Doctor stories that came out. So, I was thinking, yeah. uh, this hit me this week, and I just happened to think of it um, when you were talking about Davros. It, I was thinking about trying to see if I could get my hands on uh, the comics that show the origin of how Davros became the Davros that we now know. Oh. And, and I, if I could get my hands on that, I was wondering what you thought about maybe doing a, a book review on that, you know. Uh, to talk about, you know, how that all came, came about. If we can fill an entire episode with it, maybe we could do that, yeah. But now that we have finished our Dalek episode reviews, we're not entirely certain where we're going next. Uh, we're leaving that up to you guys, and uh, we've got a survey going, because we want to either do the Master story reviews next, or the Cyberman <laughs> story reviews next. And I am sitting here going, let's do Cyberman. I want to do Cyberman. Cyberman, Cyberman, Cyberman. Master, master, oh, master. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, yeah, there, there's that. Uh, no, but, uh, but yeah, so we, we're here on opposite sides of this. You guys are going to help us out um, and figure out where we're going next. Uh, we've got a couple of episodes that we're going to do between now and whatever you guys decide. But your last, this is your last stretch of time here that you're going to be able to weigh in on our survey, which we have pinned to the top of our Facebook page. We'll also make sure it gets reposted on our Twitter account. Um, and then also, if you can't find it there, you can go to our website and there's a link uh, on the sidebar. There's a right poster there at the top of the page. <laughs> yes. There's a poster that uh, basically says, we want you to vote now. <laughs> yes, vote now. Um and so we want to get you guys to to weigh in. And if you haven't had a chance, do so now, because this is episode 51. When episode 52 gets posted, we're taking the survey down. Uh, so you've got about you know a week or two, depending on how long it takes us to get the next episode up. When episode 52 goes up, that's it. Uh, you know, so we want you guys to go get involved. Tell us what you think. There's a couple of other questions on there other than if you want us to do Master of Cybermen next. Um, and then we will let you guys know where things stand. Um, we're seeing the results. I know you guys uh, probably can't see the results when you vote. But uh, there's some very interesting stuff coming through about, you know, not only which one of these two villains we're going to do next, but also other things you want to hear us talk about as well. So there's that. Do you have anything you want to say about this? Uh, we've been getting uh, some pretty good feedback so far. Um, the one thing that I will say is that uh, we've, we've got people being pretty shy about leaving us a comment at the bottom. We've only received mm -hmm. uh, just a handful of comments. And, you know, guys, we want all the feedback we can get from you guys. You know, if there's something that you'd like for us to add to the show or something you think that we should streamline or anything, you know, as long as it's uh, productive, as long as it's positive, as long as it's not, you know, done... Uh, in a mean fashion, we're wanting to hear anything you got to say about it, you know. Right. Uh, so, so please go before time runs out. Uh, go ahead and leave us your thoughts on that survey, and we'll get you all the contact information where you can find that here momentarily. But I just want to tease what we're talking about next episode because uh, we've had people sort of float an idea like this out uh, for a while now. But what we're going to do next episode. <laughs> Episode 52, we are going to be doing our first Big Finish audio review. 
Yes! Um, it's going to be great. Uh, have not listened to it yet. Um, I've got a, I've gotten four stories uh, that I picked up at Phoenix Comic Con earlier this year, back in June. Gosh, it's been a long time. And I have not listened to any of them yet because I'm scared that the minute I do, I'm going to be like, I need all of these and I'm going to spend even more money than I, that I don't have. Um, but one of the ones I picked up is called The Cloisters of Terror, uh, starring Tom Baker and Louise Jameson as the fourth Doctor and Leela. Uh, and it's going to be... It's a fourth Doctor story. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dive in, folks. Uh. Yep. So we're going to dive in on this. Uh, we're going to start off with this one here. And, and, you know, sooner or later, we'll, we'll get to the other ones that I have. And hopefully by that time, I'll have picked up a couple more. Uh, you know, if I can find them at good prices at cons and stuff like that. But we're going to go ahead and do that next. So all of you out there going, we want to hear Big Finish. We want to hear Big Finish. Well, you're going to hear Big Finish. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and jump into that deep end. Um, and it'll be my first foray into the Big Finish stuff ever. So I, I'm really excited. Yeah, I love audio drama. It's where I... Uh started out as a kid getting into this kind of stuff you know back before there were podcasts and the whole nine yards i was listening to 1940s 1930s 1940s 1950s radio dramas uh, at 10 years old so yeah i really am excited <laughs> about doing this <laughs> all right so be looking forward to that uh if you want to tell us you know give us some of your suggestions for your favorite big finish audio stories or talk about you know Give us uh, some feedback on, you know, our, our Dalek story reviews that we've done here or anything else. Go ahead and get in contact with us on our social media. That's Facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. You can always tweet us at at Talking Time Lord or email us at Talking Time Lords at gmail.com. Of course, links to all of our social media as well as our uh, upcoming content survey that we've got out there uh, can be found on our website, uh, which is TalkingTimeLords.com. Don't forget to uh, tell your friends about us. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes because we really need it. We want to be, yep. uh, you know, we want to be one of the ones that people notice when they search for Doctor Who podcasts. So in order for that to happen, we have to have the reviews. Uh, the only thing we ask for, you know, is that you make it good. So <laughs> Right. Make it funny. Uh, make us laugh. <laughs> Also, uh, you know, uh, we're always striving to improve on our audio quality and everything. Um, so uh, if you guys are interested in throwing a couple of bucks our way, uh, you can go to our Patreon page um, at patreon.com slash thunderquack and leave a couple of dollars for us there. Yes. And that'll help all of the shows in the Thunderquack podcast network, including us. So there's, you know, if you're into geeky things... Uh, go ahead and check that out and see some of the other content that Thunderquack Podcast Network has got out there for you. But I think that'll wrap up this episode of Talking Time Lords. You know we're going to have to geek out and do Dalek voices and stuff because this is our last opportunity. Oh, I know, I know, I know. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do it. So um, Just brace yourselves, folks. This has been episode number 51 of Talking Time Lords. Into the Dalek story review for Paul. I am Jason, and remember, until next time. May you hope, Barplung hopes, and dream ex ex extermination dreams. Exterminate! Exterminate! See, locate, ex
Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts. Or visit patreon.com slash thunderquack to help support the shows. I should have grabbed my plunger for that one. I'm gonna miss doing the Dalek voices and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Now it makes me want the Cybermen to be the next. Yes! Go vote!